it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold on, I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and we're back. We're back. Tom is back from Italy, and I am back after defeating coronavirus. And uh, got to say, I'm hyped to be back, listeners, because Tom has actually joined me this week. Many things for us to talk about. Many things to get excited about. Tom, first of all, how was Italy? Joe, are you sure you beat coronavirus? It sounded a little bit like a split decision win to me. <laughs> might be running that one back. Uh, yeah. Um, now look, Italy was amazing. No coronavirus there at all. Um, everybody feeling great, enjoying the sun. And uh, you know, Joe, I was looking around those Italian streets and I was thinking, is Marvin Vittori really Italian? <laughs> <laughs> really? You didn't see any blokes with really large heads who were just like yelling I did all not, the time? N- no, that, that cast of the skull I think is unique to Vittori. <laughs> so don't expect anyone to come in by... By storm, especially not at that weight class. Maybe, maybe down at lower weight classes, we could be talking. Yeah, no, that, that's it's. It doesn't. It, I don't know why, but Italy's never struck me as a fighting country. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't. Is there much need to become a fighter in Italy? Is there really that desire to be there? Joe, you know, make make love, not war. You know, it's so beautiful when you're eating eating that damn fine food. All those mm. varieties of pasta to consume. Who's thinking about fighting? Sunshine. <laughs> Exactly. Right, Tom, should we just... Let's go into this. We're going to have a bit of a catch-up this week, listeners. Lots of big news has happened. Some subpar events have also happened, so uh, we've got those to look over as well. But, uh, Tom, let's talk about... I think this is maybe the... This will be the biggest retirement that we've had this year, and probably for the next few years, unless uh, Connor has actually officially retired, is uh, Jose Aldo has uh, retired... I gave my thoughts on it a couple of weeks ago. Um, Joe, you incensed me. You incensed <laughs> me with those thoughts, and I demanded we talk about it. Go on. Um, especially because he has been cut officially from the roster now. It's official. Mm-hmm. He is retired. It's it's true. Um, now, the thing that got me, and I think you knew at the time that you were triggering me. I was trying to enjoy my <laughs> holiday, but you're making these comments, and I had to get back to, to discuss it. Yeah, he wasn't done, Joe. He had more. There was more Josie Aldo to give. I know there was more to give. There was definitely more to give. It's just to what end are we? The are we, are we gonna, gonna, Rio, King of Rio, fighting in his home country to see out, retain the belt, and retire. Wait, hold on. So you would have had him fighting for the title in Rio? I'm saying, Joe, forget that nonsense with Marab. I think we already signed off on that. <laughs> Cut that one from the record. But they've already done that. When he lost to Marais, they've already yeah. done that. You can't do it again. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. Losing, losing to Marais, that's a, that's a bad look. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, look what he did after that, you know? It's just this setback against Marab. That's the only, only thing against him. Um, now, look, let's just talk about where he's left uh, the bantamweight division how it is now post-Jose Aldo, because we were talking about these kind of tiers that were emerging in that division, uh, freed up one more space in the rankings for Jack Shaw to get in there at 15 now. Great. Um, now, we did have Sam Hagen versus Song. I think that served to underline the point we were making where we've got this kind of like lead pack. Yeah. Uh, 
There is Did a, there you see is, it like that? Does there's it? definitely a lead pack. It goes down to, is it Vera at six? Is Vera at six? Yeah. Uh, Vera's at five. And All right, then Vera's you've got at Rob, Rob Font after that. So, so there's, there, your, there's, there's, your is gap. The, there's the gap, quite literally. And then you've got five down to 15 and beyond, where you've got a mix of guys who have ju- they've attempted that leap and haven't quite made it. Like and then, Song. Like Song, like Rob Font. And then you've got these other guys, these unknown quantities, these really young guys who are like, they're starting to put the resume together of like, I want to crack at one of those top five guys. The thing is, is that out of that top five now, there's not really anyone that's that vulnerable at the moment, other than Jan, who has got Sean O'Malley next week. That's that's such a huge leap. That's such a huge leap, isn't it? You just don't see that now. And I guess now, basically, quite a few of these guys, and I'm thinking of, you know, um, Nurmagomedov, uh, Jack Shaw, Yanez, um, Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone. They're going to have to wait for those top five guys to face each other, and then whoever loses, that's the sort of scrap that you're going to have to sort of cling on to, because otherwise, you're just going to be fighting guys who are ranked right next to you the whole way, and that is such a tough road. I, I really feel like bantamweight um you're not going to see guys go on those sort of Tony Ferguson 12 13 fight unbeaten runs i feel so, like that's so unlikely is that part of why you're comfortable to let aldo go now because the division is in such good stead the competition is so high and yes. it was you know ultimately 2 3 years down the line an ever increasingly grim picture for jose there's that and also it's like do i do i need to see him lose badly like, oh, yeah. the, the arguments of like, yeah, but he's not been viciously knocked out. Well, apart from the Connor one, but like he hasn't been, vicious, you, know, you know, he had the beat down off of Jan, but he was beating guys. He was beating really good fighters. And it's like, I just don't want him to lose to guys who he wouldn't have lost to him in that fashion before. We now, don't I, need I to guess see for, it. for me, it's just like, because he was still in that lead pack, you know, you've lost a true, what for me, a true contender who did offer something different. Uh, I think if I if I was comfortable seeing him kind of you know start to get caught by the likes of uh, Rob Font, who of course he beat and underlined is not there, or or you know someone like Ricky Simone even maybe a young wolf coming through, mm. uh, not Marab, not like that, then I'd have been like, all right, he can go. But yeah. he has left the bantamweight division in uh, in prime shape. Yes. Um, now it wasn't just uh, song. Yidong and Corey fighting. We did have uh, the return of Rowney Barcelos uh, last weekend against Trevin Jones. You see that fight? I did indeed. It was. Uh, I thought it was impressive. I thought Barcelos looked looked good. He, he had of, a lot of promise when he first came into the UFC. Uh, yeah, we, we thought he was going to kill some fools. Yeah. I, it, you know, the thing is, is that like, I struggle to get too excited for a win over Trevin Jones. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's about as easy a fight as you're going to get in the bantamweight division. Yeah. Um, but it was it was the value of loss, wasn't it, that sort of, like, ruined Who's since Barcelos. been cut, by the way. Yeah, I get, this, is the, this is the mad thing, isn't it, about bantamweight, is that any of these guys can beat anyone else. Like what, like what I'm saying, like, that sort of 12-fight win streak, are we going to see that in this division? I really feel like we're not going to, so... It's a really tall order, really tall order. And just following up with the uh, the other bantamweight fight that took place, well, two bantamweight fights that took place. Uh, now, Guido Canetti, Joe, I did tune in yes. to your previous episode uh, and, and learned that 
Guido Canetti. He wasn't that fella from um, from Combate. No, he was I not that, that guy. Was... <laughs> but he did beat Randy Costa. He did. That was um, Randy Costa. That is a really unfortunate run, isn't it? Because it's like he was so close to beating Yanez. He was really close to beating Yanez. It's just one of those guys who he just literally has only gas for about four minutes. He has gas for four. He cannot. I I don't know. It's he's a young guy, and I feel like being in the UFC at this stage, getting cut at this at this point, he'll be able to develop develop and come back. Like I has he been cut? Is that you calling for him to be cut? No, he has been cut. He was he was officially cut. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the right call. He's moved to six and four now. Uh, yeah, that's a bad look so early in your career. Yep. But Guido Canetti, Joe, he's gone to ten and seven. Do you see him lighting <laughs> up? Is that why Aldo retired? Is that worries uh, about the the oncoming threat of uh, Guido Canetti? Yeah, no, it's. I mean, Canetti's fine, isn't he? Like, it's, what's there to really say? I don't know, him? Joe. You told me he was from Combate. I'm still waiting for you for the that, breakdown. That's Marcelo Rojo. I was thinking of, by the way, from Combate, who <laughs> lost the ex-Man United defender. <laughs> No, he has lost to Kyla Phillips and together, Charles. Jo- He's lost to Kyla Phillips and Charles Jourdain. In Joe, the I'm here to restore order on this pod, right? right None of this nonsense uh, now. Right, bantamweight. Look, look. Yeah. We're talking about Randy Costa. We're talking about Barcelos. Let's get things straight here. They ain't. They ain't getting into that upper echelon <laughs> ever. And neither is your man Guido Canetti or Masalo Rojo. Okay, mm. they're just not going to get there. Um, it's just. I mean, okay. I'll ask the question to you. Out of the guys that we've sort of mentioned, who do you think is going to be the guy to break into that top five and maybe make it a top six? That's an interesting question, Joe. Now, I my low-hanging fruit, I think there's a, there is a little sneaker in that top division who's waiting to be caught. All right? In the top now, five? I I, I, yeah. I, now, I can't talk about it because we're going to be talking about it next week. Oh. All right. Now, that's a little nod to UFC 280. I know our listeners will be back tuning in oh, for yeah. the preview there. The biggest event, I don't know, that I can remember. Has there been a bigger one this year, Joe? This year, no. No, there's 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 not been anything of this level. Uh, so much so that BT have actually made it a piss in pay-per-view in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> the only one this year, and it's on in UK time. Yeah, I now mean... let me let me pick out the language for that because that, <laughs> that, that that cracked me up. Let me find that. It's yeah, it's a rare, rare, and it certainly is rare. I will yes. give them that box office event, and will not be available to standard BT subscribers, mm. peasants like you, Joe. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I have to additional use additional my... PPV fee will be required. Uh, yeah, I I use my dad's BT login, and I don't know if I can. Ask him if for the to get the pay per view and for me to like send him the money. I think honestly it would be you know more dignified if I was like asking him for like pornography in a hotel room. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like one of those services. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's nonsense, isn't it? Apparently, BT do this a couple times a year for like big cards. Uh, I've not seen that this year, so. <laughs> Um, well, especially given the the timing of the events, I, I guess for us in the UK, it's it's pretty good going on for Abu Dhabi time. Well, am I right in saying? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Prelim starts at two o'clock in the afternoon. Alhamdulillah. So that, that's Alhamdulillah indeed. Like I cannot wait. I'll be here all day in my filth watching that. What <laughs> every single fight. Um, now, j- just rounding back now, Joe. To without looking too much ahead to next week. Uh, 
if you're going to pick one guy, I mean, we've also we've already mentioned the Sean O'Malley fight. That is his chance to leap into the elite class. We won't comment on how we expect that to go, of course. No. Um, now, for me, I think it's, I think it's got to be Ricky Simone after the win over Jack Shaw. Yeah, it's Ricky Simone for me as well. Right. It's Ricky Ricky Simone. He his last two fights, the the, the TKO over over a sunset, and then the sub over Jack Shaw. Like That's he was like he's, he, he's shooting he, his rocketed Joe. He, he, he bulldozed it's, them. He absolutely yeah. bulldozed those guys. Like it was an unbeaten it wasn't, Jack Shaw prior yeah. to that. But the, now there, the problem, there is. Uh, what's the problem though? Is who's he going to face? Is he going to face what? Rob. I Fong? think. I think. I think he should fight Marab. Oh, Marab's not taking that. He's not taking that. He's he's <sighs> waiting for that Marlon Vera fight. Yeah. He's gonna. He's waiting for that. I don't want. I like. I want to give Marab the toughest. The toughest hill to climb to be honest that's my feeling you beat Jose Aldo like that <laughs> you, you make the man retire you're fighting yeah. uphill from there mate you, you've got to win me back over now there is a bantamweight to look forward to a bantamweight fight to look forward to uh, on this weekend's card it is the co-main Jonathan Martinez coming in he's yes. had a few notable wins yes indeed he's facing off against Cub Swanson who the last time I watched Cub Swanson he he won his fight and brought all his family into the cage and started crying. So you're like, oh, he's retiring. Um, apparently not. He's decided, oh, bantamweight's the one. Sad. Yeah, he's just sad about that weight cut, Joe. He just knows <laughs> how, how the quality of life's going to go down. I mean, is, is Cubbot Swanson a bantamweight? Uh, he beat Darren Elkins in his last fight. Uh, it's like, that was last year. Oh god, I've really what my brain has remembered is quite sad, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's facing Jonathan Martinez. Who, I mean, who's he beat? He's beat uh, Vince he's Morales. Like strict now, he beat Alejandro Perez. Alejandro Perez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas uh, Almeida. Yeah. Uh, Did get upset by David Grant succumbing to a to a KO. You know, Frankie Signs. Yeah, well. this this is what I'm saying. Like Martinez, he's one of those fellas. He's he's just. Just out there in that fifteen to about fifty range that we seem to have in bantamweight. Yeah, uh, a win here, co-main against against Cub Swanson. He can announce himself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that is what's missing, isn't it? It's like you've got your 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 names where we go like, oh, he's beat Alejandro Perez, but it's like he hasn't got yeah. like the casual Cub Swanson win, has he? He doesn't have that on there. And you know what? Actually, I've got to say, fair play to Cub Swanson for actually taking this fight. <laughs> like, this is not like. This is not an easy one to potentially go out on. Like, you know, in your last... Because, you know, Cub Swanson's at the end. How many more fights is he realistically going to have? What, maybe two or three? As few as possible, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, this isn't a good one to go out on. This isn't Darren Elkins, you know. This isn't, you know... I'm trying to think who else is a featherweight jabron, Alex Caceres or someone like that. It's... it's... Hey, Joe, rank 15. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, indeed. So, again, it's, it's... it's a good one for Martinez to be getting. It's right. a good one to be able to, you know, slightly announce yourself. Co-main event, yeah, it's a weak uh, fight night card. The main event should be Askarov versus Royval. <sighs> I mean, w- well, let, let's let's get to that right now. I mean, so we're talking about this oh, Saturday's words. card, uh, Grasso versus Arajo, which has been made the main event. Do now you remember? We straight uh, over the- do you remember? Uh, can I just bring up this fight just quickly? Do you remember our debate? The last time we talked about Araujo, of how do we pronounce her name? And we went an entire pod calling her Araujo. Uh, no, is that a... No, actually, hold on. We got it the wrong way around. It is Araujo. And oh, we've been no. pronouncing her as Araujo. 
which oh, is uh, very much not correct. So, uh... <laughs> well, look, this lady, she's going to go out and grab some headlines, Joe. You know, we're, we're all about the cream of the crop. You know, Absolutely. we want to enjoy the sport. If I can't pronounce your name, that's not my fault. I'm just a humble, <laughs> I'm a humble fan, you know? Exactly. Like, go in and show me why I should know how to pronounce your name. Uh, anyway, no, we skip straight over it, Joe. Any interest in this in this main event? No, no. There's right. there's no interest to anyone ever. Who, who do you, in... who do you lean towards winning? Maybe Grasso, uh, Araujo. I mean, I don't know. Neither of them are that impressive. I mean, again, it's always the issue of women's flyweight, and I've said it every single time: is you're basically, you know, you get wins so that you can then lose to Shevchenko. Like that is what we're. That's what you're building yourself up to because you're not going to beat her. You so know. are you saying like for you, you're, you're more of a specialist. You're more of a like an analyst of the women's strawweight division. I prefer women's strawweight uh, now, because it's actually I, I good. Just, I just want to draw your attention to your prediction last weekend. You had uh, Yan beating Dern. Uh, sorry, Dern beating Yan. I did indeed. Yeah, Yan Shanell. That is. Now we had a, a commenter on our YouTube show. He tried to correct you. He tried to ha- tell you how it was going to go. He uh, did. Yeah. I think it's time to listen to the fans, Jim. You it right. <laughs> I did. I, I, I do apologise. I just thought that Mackenzie Dern at some stage would learn how to do a takedown. No, uh, how how wrong foolish. I was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did you, you watched that fight, didn't you? Parts of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what I could manage. It was, it was so frustrating because her grappling is so good. It's like, I, I, if, if I'm her coach, I'm saying... We're going to do no jujitsu, and you are just going to learn trips and takedowns and ground and pound, and that is it. And you're going to learn how to jab, get a one-two in for me. Get yeah, a clinch. It'll, that's where it starts going wrong, Joe. Like Jesus, it's, it, it makes me wince every time her her boxing stance, the it's way terrible. she works in towards clinch positions. She just has to basically take it on the face. <laughs> That is the strategy, like straight on the face yeah. until she can blindly reach out and hopefully grab a leg. Yeah. Uh, we I saw mean, she literally, she literally scooted on her ass to yeah. Yan and got, yeah. that was in the second round. I mean, I did find it moderately ridiculous to people going like, oh, either of those rounds, 10-8. 10-8, are you joking me? <laughs> literally, are you joking me? Yan came out of that just going like, whew, God, that was... I was tiring and like that's about it she wasn't she wasn't like her face wasn't hanging off you know she didn't no. take any significant ground and pound like joe irritating f- talking about faces hanging off yes uh, and looking back to uh wait are we not going to talk about askarov versus royval because we should joe, you've about- just you've just sidetracked me right there take a little <laughs> look at that take a look at that in the hold on reaction Can to you- the image i've sent you there joe one second this is going to be horrendous isn't it <laughs> Hold on. Is this what I think it's going to be? It- it's absolutely oh, you're you bastard. To oh, I hate that well, picture. I hate that picture so much. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Oh, it's opening now. Oh, my God. I've, I've pressed it like five times. No, yeah, I'm not looking at that. you've got the zoom in coming in. Now, what we're looking <laughs> at here, guys, uh, talking about faces hanging off, I had to come back and I know Joe mentioned uh, <laughs> what a warrior, what an absolute human from another planet Gregory Robocop Rodriguez is. But my word, that is, is that his brain? <laughs> that's, that's, his, that's an artery, isn't it? Like, that's an that's a artery going to his yeah. brain. That, I mean, shit. <laughs> That's the thing that somebody uh, landed punches on too much on uh, on Brendan Sharp, and that's yeah. 
That's why he's Allie a stand-up is. comedian now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Uh, it's uh, man, like that. That is honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's one of those where you look at it and you you then go back to the fight and see his post-fight interview where he's smiling and have a good time. You're like, yeah, there's a reason why I'm not a fighter. There's a reason why he is like yes. <laughs> he's an insane he's, being. He was very chill after post-fight <laughs> I know. as well. I mean, it still bugs me that he's younger than me. Like, and, it, and he looks the way he does. Bro, he looks like Vandalay now. I always say it. He looks like Vandalay Silver now. Like, anyway. But we are big fans, aren't we? He is. He's boy status, right? He's inducted. What? Is he boy status? He's top five boy status. Like, that is. He's top boy right there. Top and, boy's and Joaquin. But. He's yeah. closing in. Greg Rodriguez. Now, the, the guys in, on the Reddit community, on the MMA, they, they love him too. Of course. And, uh, yeah, how do you not to them? How do you not love a guy who just charges forward and just just takes it on the chin and just breaks people with his will? And it's not like it's not like he's technically boring either. You know, it's like Luke. You know, it's like where like his his will. I mean, maybe not anymore, but his will literally just breaks people. And he's got sick technique behind it. Oh, yeah. love it. Now this, I mean, for me, from the weeks that I've missed. This is the standout uh, moment. What, Rodriguez? Yeah, ahead of Sandhagen's song. Yeah. Is there anything else, you know? Um, not really. Not really. I, I mean, would... what stands out when you think about, you know... Sandhagen. Solo... Yeah. Okay. Sandhagen stands out. That that stood out to me. Um, you know, I thought... I thought he was... He It was what, uh, what we talked about before of the definition of that line that's now been set a bantamweight and the reason that line is so clearly there now is because of Sandhagen yeah you know it's not like if Song had won you'd be like oh is he going to be able to get and it's like no he's not of that level yet if he, he ever did give Sandhagen be... problems though oh like, for sure did I catch you right saying that you had it 2-2 going into the fifth I had it I think I had it 2-2 I'll have to go through my notes because, because I, I had it 3-1 for Sandhagen no I had it 3-1 Sandhagen I just checked right um yeah, 3-1 Sandhagen for me. But second round was close. But 3-4 and four, Sandhagen started to pull away. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was an incredible performance. All right, credit to Corey then. Corey and Robocop, they are, are our standouts from the last couple of weeks. Um, can, we, now, can we just I go back to... to get a little, uh, I just want to go back want, to uh, Askarov Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, just leading you in there, Joe, because we've already we've been through <coughs> Grasso Araujo. Uh, Araujo. Our fans chip in. Big. F- I'm sure, Joe. If you do a Venn diagram and you have like fans of uh, Vivian Arujo and fans of Hold On, I'm talking brother. Do you think those circles touch? <laughs> if they uh, do, if you are that man, message us. Yeah, or, us or actually, preferably don't like that. Please don't <laughs> message us. Find another podcast. Yeah, you filthy, <laughs> filthy man. I know what you're doing. And right. It's disgusting. You were enjoying that Mackenzie Dern fight last week. You pig. Right, uh, Askarov versus Roy Val. Yes. Let's talk about this. This this is a hell of a fight. I mean, Roy Val, um, he is. I mean, he's a hell of a lot of fun. He had that um, banging fight with Matt Schnell, uh, his last fight, and then he had the Bontarin fight as well. We love Bontarin, by the way. He's a he's a big boy for us. Um, but he's facing Askarov. I honestly think if Roy Val wins, I, I, he should be the number one contender. He's beaten oh, Bonter wow. and he's, he's beaten Schnell. And if you beat Askarov, who should be ahead of you at there? Oh, actually, hold on. I take it back. I know. <laughs> I take it back. Pantoja is weighing in, Pantoja. isn't he? 
Yeah, he's yeah. weighing in uh, as the backup for uh, Figueredo versus um, Moreno four. Uh, so actually, I take it back. Pantoja. Pantoja's there. Pantoja's the most. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he should be... Uh, to be honest, I feel like he should be fighting for the belt next anyway, mm-hmm. uh, if Moreno wasn't the interim champ. Yeah, but um, But yeah, Askarov versus Roy Val, what are your loins saying about well, Joe, this Well, Joe, this is fourth versus fifth, you know. You've uh, you've mentioned the other guys in the picture there. Of course, Moreno, number one contender, Pantoja below him, and Kaikara France. He was the first man to beat Askarov. Hell of a fight. Got me very yes. excited about Kaikara France. Yes. Uh, n- now, it did expose Askarov because he wasn't able to impose his game. Uh, Kaikara nope. France was, was just he was too fast. Yep. Too fast. <clears throat> now, my instinct is that um, Roy Val will be more inclined to lean into an Askarov-friendly game. Yes. I think, I think that favours Askarov. I, I agree as well. I think also Roy Val, his strikes just feel a lot longer than Kaikara France. Kaikara France is a lot more yeah. he's a tighter... Yeah. Sort of shell, and then he sort of explodes from there. Roy Valley's got, got kind of power. Got, yes. Whereas Roy Valley's kind of got those longer arms, likes to sort of like reach out there, jab his way in, sort of feel his way into that fight. Um, whereas, yeah, Cara France, he can just like explode like across the cage uh, in a way that I feel like Roy Val wants. And I feel like will fall into Askarov's. Uh, I think I think it's going to be domain. a grappling matchup, Joe. Really, that's that's what I expect. Anything Askarov will get the better of him, and I suspect, yeah, <clears throat> I suspect that will be the case. So Fair I'm, I'm picking Askarov, and you know, then he's put a gap there. You know, much like we referred to in in bantamweight, he's, he's yeah. starting to build that gap behind him. Anything else on this card that stands out to you? So I mean, I I, I wanted to leave it to you, but one of your. <laughs> Your picks, one of your men from from way back when, Jacob Malkoon. Yeah, back, he's back against Nick Maximov, a guy who I actually quite like. He's one of the Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz's uh, training nice. partners. He's fought a couple times in the UFC. It's pretty fun. He's got some nice boxing. I think it's going to be the Malkoon fun. show rolls on, Joe. It's another I, wrestling uh, special, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, are you not hyped for Misha Serkinov versus Alonzo Menafield? That's 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 sloppy. I mean. <laughs> Jordan Wright versus uh, Dusko Todorovic. No, not having that either. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's, I think to be fair, let me just be clear about both those fights. We've had some sloppiness on uh, on these fight night cards, and I think at least these guys are established in the UFC. Records not too shabby, you know. They've got some wins. They've got some name, some minimal name recognition. I'm okay with having these guys on the main card of this fight night. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Jordan Wright, as well, give him some credit, uh, did uh, help produce our favourite promo of all time, the Joaquin Buckley one. This was uh, after Buckley had knocked him out in the second round. He then cut that sick promo on James Krause. Uh, for the first time ever, I'm actually not going to drop it because you should know it already, listeners. Yeah. Um, right, should we move on to some other new stuff? Well, there was one last fight... <laughs> I Go mean, on. it's a kind of measure of how far the man has fallen in recent recent years <clears throat> that we're just going to brush over another former mainstay of the bantamweight mix-up, uh, Rafaela Sunsao. Mm. Now, it wasn't so long ago, Joe, that he had one of the biggest streaks going uh, yes, back yeah. at bantamweight. Now, Who he's was fallen it? Was a it... long way since then. Was it Marais that ended his run? Uh, so, I mean, the thing is, He's he's on a four fight loss streak now. I think it was Dillashaw. Let me just put go back through. Yeah, Dillashaw back at UFC 
200. He was upsetting oh, a streak that went on for seven fights. Lost to Dillashaw and then had four wins after that against Rob Font, Aljamain Sterling, Marlon Moraes. Uh, he had beaten Dillashaw before that loss by split decision. So he was really, he was right there, Joe. But mm. obviously the fact he didn't want to give a nod to Rafael since he got knocked out by Cody Garbrandt and then by Ricky Simone does show how far he's fallen. Could be the end of the line here with this fight. I mean, Victor Henry in his first fight in the UFC beat Barcelos. Like that was his debut earlier this year. That's what I'm saying, Joe. They just, they just keep coming. They just keep coming at bantamweight, so could be mm. a good chance for Henry to build some profile and enter that top 50 that we've mentioned is so competitive. Yes, yes, indeed. Should we... I'll tell you what, we'll do this. We're going to move on, listeners. We're going to get to some fight announcements in a bit, but first we've got uh, a couple bits of news that we kind of... We should kind of get to. Um, let's start off with the biggest piece of news, at least for me anyway, um, was the death of... Antonio Inoki. Um, Antonio Inoki essentially created mixed martial arts in his uh, fight with Muhammad Ali. He, uh, which was a huge pay-per-view draw. Antonio Inoki was a famous pro wrestler in Japan who had a legit wrestling background. Um, he founded uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is Japan's biggest pro wrestling company. And um, in the 80s, hooked up with Muhammad Ali and they had a pay-per-view match where it went to a draw Inoki versus Ali have you ever seen this fight I haven't seen it yet. uh you're not missing much it's mostly Inoki crawling on his ass towards Ali who's like stood above him not sure what to do and then Inoki sort of kicking him in the legs from there it was somewhat of it was somewhat fixed it was somewhat fixed but it was a major moment, cultural moment, and the originator and the creator of this idea was Antonio Inoki, which in turn gave birth to the idea of mixed martial arts from there. Obviously, people then took that idea on to develop it further. Inoki, though, I mean, he was a wild dude, massively so. I mean, I'll tell you this story as a sort of encapsulation of him. Um, there's the Brazilian mixed martial arts promotion called Jungle Fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been referenced a couple of times before on this podcast. Uh, and Inoki was there for the first ever Jungle Fights event, and they held it in the jungle. And Inoki came in on a boat, and he was waving to the crowd, and the crowd were cheering and giving him a wave back. And then Inoki stripped off, dove into the water, and then swam through up to the cage, got up in the cage, and started waving and cheering. At which point, people ran over and said, like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? He said, like, well, you know come to give the people a show and he said like that water is filled with piranhas and crocodiles <laughs> you could have easily died and he turned around looked at the water shrugged his shoulders and walked off he was a wild man he was involved uh, in hostage negotiations with saddam hussein what? in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he got the release of uh, some japanese journalists from uh, from iraq in the 80s because um, Saddam Hussein's son was a big pro wrestling fan and Inoki went over there, um, converted to Islam and uh, became friends with Saddam and got the release of these Japanese My prisoners. Um, yeah. He was friends Dennis with Kim Jong-il. Yeah, he was friends with Kim Jong-il, did uh, put on a huge uh, show, pro wrestling show in North Korea, the biggest pro wrestling show ever, 300,000 people there. Um, 
and he's just a completely wild dude, like an absolute legend, lived his life to the fullest, even got into politics, got uh, done for embezzlement, uh, got then, you know, kicked out of his seat and then ran for election again and won again. Uh, five years later, um, he also almost killed uh, pro wrestling or at least New Japan pro wrestling in Japan by putting in pro wrestlers against legit fighters, including... Yuji Nagata, in his first ever pro fight, put him in there with Mirko Krokop, who uh, proceeded to knock him out in 30 seconds. And Enoki said, you've embarrassed yourself, you've shamed yourself, you must go back in there and fight again. And Nagata said, sure. And so Enoki put him in there with Fedor, uh, to which he then lost again. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enoki loved the blend of the real with the work, with the fake, if you will. Um, Incredible man, incredible life. And, um, yeah, one of a kind. R.I.P. Inoki. R.I.P. Inoki, indeed. Shall we talk about a prospect, Tom? Bone Nickel. Yeah, with, with the death of one, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. um, from the fire emerges another. Yes. I think it's Bone Nickel you want to talk about, Joe. It is indeed Bone Nickel. Uh, everyone's you, talking about you, him. Uh, right? Well, everybody's talking about him. What you do know? you make he's, of him? Well, he's put himself out there. I know you've already... Uh, You've already shot your load and told us he's going to be the champ within a year. I think that was your... No, uh, uh, within, <laughs> within 10 fights. Within 10, that was right, sorry. Within 10 within... career fights, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, but yeah. I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to say, by, he, by the time change he has... That. His, what do you mean? By the time he has his fifth... Our word is our bond, Joe. All right, all right. It'll be definitely, by his 10th fight, he will have fought for, for a title. Like, I just now, he's been know. talking all sorts of mad stuff. He's saying, Hamzat, no problem. His wrestling is not not on my level. It's Can't not compete with me. It's not on his level. Well, this is the thing, though, Joe. We we know that MMA wrestling it's different. We've seen it before. We've seen Yoel Romero uh, having a hard time against Robert Whittaker. Yeah, but Yoel is <laughs> an Olympic wrestler. I guess so, but his game was never built around wrestling. He just loved throwing his hands so much, didn't he? So. So you're saying from what we've seen uh, early career Bo Nickel on the Contender Series, now let's be clear, he's been, he's been smoking people. You know, yeah. Taking them down, mauling them. Uh, his three... Hamzat style. His, his three pro fights are under three minutes of footage. So very much in the mould of, of Hamzat. What do you make of him coming straight out and trashing Hamzat like this? This is... Uh, I love it. It's kind of interesting. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it. I like, like it, this is great. You see, you, you look at the people's comments and they're like, you know, who is this fool? Um, oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, yeah. right, like, right, right. Uh, he's so disrespectful. He hasn't earned the right to talk like this. And it's amazing, you know, because Hamzat came out of the same, well, even more obscurity. And just one year, one and a half years later, he is now, you know, the glitterati of, of MMA. It's, I honestly and, think... Know, so oh, he's sorry, like so enshrined that Bo can't even come in and talk about him. It's funny how it happens. Yeah, it is. It is odd. Um, I do think over the next year, though, Bo Nickel will become the guy. He's facing Jamie Pickett uh, at UFC 282 in December. Um, you know, Pickett is probably going to be the toughest guy he's faced so far, and he's going to smoke him. Like, it's it's not going to be competitive at all he's gonna he he's, is he's, so he's opened up as a minus 1800 <laughs> favorite jamie pickett my God. Might, i mean that i don't think i've, I've seen seen that before, if you're actually. if you're jamie pickett you're putting a grand on yourself aren't you you got <laughs> it that's you've got to like that's you have to think that like 
this guy, maybe I could catch him. I mean, you're not. That triangle that he got on the Contender Series, he sunk, he rolled through and he sunk that in with no hands. Like, that is insane level skill. Like, he is so good. All right, what what could upset him? I mean, you're giving the most glittery, you know. Adesanya's takedown defense? Yeah. yeah that's what it, that's what the fact is, uh, Bo Nickel's quite a small middleweight. Like, he, he's going to be competing at middleweight. He's not a big middleweight. And I think Adesanya, in the near future, will eventually move to light heavyweight. And I think that probably will be the permanent move for him. Um, now, now, all right. So you're talking about a rangy striker who can manage the distance. Yes, who has got very good takedown defense. Hopefully has the takedown defense. So that's not Darren Till, then, Joe. <laughs> because no, Darren no. Till, he's been out there. Bo Nickel, he's looking good. Be good to meet up with him in the future in the octagon. Drive the left hand through his skull. Is he? I, I that, just... That's a tweet. That's straight out of Darren Till's account. Bro, He's calling. Uh, he wants it. Well, good for him. Good for him. It's the thing of... If I can beat this guy, I will get a title shot. Like, that's what it's going to be like for these guys already. Like, if can I beat Bo Nickel? If, you know, if Strickland beat Pareja, he would be facing Adesanya in oh, November. Good lord. Could what you imagine? What an embarrassment to the sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, in hindsight. In hindsight. In hindsight, that's for a, sure. That's a, Sean Strickland in a title matchup against Adesanya, that's just, just terrible. Exactly. Um, but that is what is potentially on the line if you face a Bo Nickel and you are of that sense. Gilbert Burns when he fought Hamzat. It's yeah. the same thing. Like, you know, the leech when he fought Hamzat. Oh, if I beat this guy. This is how these guys think. They don't think like me and you. You know, the, you the, think, their, you artery, think, their artery is showing to the world and they're smiling about it. Like, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, now no, no, look, I mean, Bo Nickel, he's saying he won't even fight on the prelims. He's too big. Yeah. He's too big a star. He said, I'm, I'm out. I'm retiring. Yeah, you know he, he he thinks he's prime time. I uh, honestly, I honestly think he's he's worth a pay per view slot, bro. I mean, I, I love it. I, I love it. I love another one in the mix. I just, yeah. I mean, he's not even fought in the UFC, Joe. Come on. I, well, that's the thing. We're gonna watch it in December. He's gonna he's gonna beat Jamie Pickett, and then then next year, what he's gonna fight three times, and then on. I honestly think by the end of next year, he's gonna be. Close to number one contender. So what we said, like ten days later, some no mark from England that they drag out. Then Gerard Milchart, <laughs> Gilbert Burns. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, you I, can I, see I, I if he gets say. that kind of profile with this kind of villain status that Hamza has taken on, we could have an amazing dynamic. There. Oh my like god, Captain uh, America! You know. Ca- yes, exactly. He comes <laughs> out there. I know the UFC don't do the flag thing anymore. Like they're oh, not they, will. Bring... they will for Captain America, Joe. But for that's like not, that's, that's a soft rule. For Bo Nickel, he comes out to you know, I am a real American. <laughs> I the... And he comes out there. He's got that ginger hair. He's got that big smile. You know the pearly white teeth. Gives everyone a thumbs up, high fiving, and then Hamzat comes out screaming, some... "I will oh, kill everyone! I will kill like that." And then Bo just clowns him. Shows that folk style is where it's at, and um, onto the onto the title shot. If Hamzat hasn't fought for a title already, so we're saying what end of next year for this? This to all play out. Oh, Hamzat! But oh my! Well, I don't know. It depends. If, if first off, if Hamzat gets his passport back, but that's well. I honestly, this is this is going to become an issue. This is going to become an issue. Well, that's you... the other news. We we should just touch upon that. Gets his passport back because he's 
being conscripted into the Russian army, potentially. <laughs> I mean, that is the gravity of what we're talking about. He's... Uh, that is very potentially going to happen. The other thing is, let's say he doesn't. Um, I mean, that adds he... to his villain status, Joe. That beefs his credentials if he... If yeah. he's dispatched to the front lines. Fighting for Russia against... <laughs> That'd be insane. Jesus, yeah. But the other thing is, let's say he doesn't even do that, and let's say he is able to like go on and fighting. Is he going to be able to get back into the United States? Hmm. That's where he is as a pay-per-view draw. He has to be in the United States. And I don't know if he's going to be able to with his links to Kadyrov. Like, Tyson well, Fury, went... Tyson Fury cannot get into the United States for a fight, and that's why he has to fight in the UK now, and that's why he's looking at Saudi Arabia. Tyson Fury is fighting on December third in the UK, admittedly against Derek Chisora, which is awful. Um, that is why, by the way, that is why boxing has fallen so far behind as well. I don't want to bring up these old points, but Derek Chisora fighting for the heavyweight title—that would be like Chris Dorcas fighting. <laughs> like, uh, oh, it's, wor- it's worse. It's no, it's Olenek, Joe. It's Olenek. <laughs> He's not even in the UFC anymore. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There you go. But I honestly think now that Hamza... It's hard for him. He's not going to be able to distance himself from Kadyrov, really. Mm. Um, I mean, they never shone a bright torch, you know, for the Khabib camp on on the murky background from which they emerged. I think if the draw is there, they're happy to turn a blind eye. But if Hamza is going to yell, Allahu Akbar, uh, and out. After saying, I I will kill everyone. Joe, that's what happened. Yeah. That makes it hard to get into America. Yeah. You're going to do that. (laughs) It really does. You know, you've got to imagine, you're trying to go through security, the uh, TSA agent pulls you aside, because of comments made by you in the past. Yeah. Uh, Now, one could be like, ah, you know, smoke pot as a teenager. Yeah. yeah, you're not used to driving on the right side of the road. It's quite another thing to to have said that in Las Vegas on the anniversary of 9-11. <laughs> yes, it really is. I, sorry for laughing. I'm sorry for laughing, but that is it is quite an insane thing to have done. Um, I mean, it goes to the Jack Slack theory that he's simple. Like that's, It really does. It really does. Because anyone else, I feel like, in that moment, even Khabib, he never said anything close to that, did he? And no. I, I, I always think about with Khabib when he fought Barbosa afterwards was that, like, he got on the mic and, you know, he's this he's a Russian Muslim guy who has just beaten Barbosa and he's talking smack and the crowd are cheering for him in America. Like, they are so in, enamored by this guy of like, this guy is incredible. He is like the almost polar opposite of me as a human being. Yet I can't help but cheer this guy. Whereas, you know, Hamza misses weight, doesn't care. Is basically been told by the UFC, don't worry about it. And then is telling, I will kill everybody on September 10th. Like it's not, not, not the best, is it? Anyway, Tom, should we talk about some nice stuff? Should we talk about yes. some fight? Let's talk yes. about some fight announcements. Um, what do you want? Do you want one from the top, three from the bottom? What are we looking at? Do you want like the best one that's going to get you the most juice. hyped? The juice. Chris Paul Curtis Bruce. is facing Joaquin Buckley. Oh, they made it! They made it for December oh. on the pay per view. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic! That is going to be incredible. The pay per view. Which pay per view are we talking about? UFC two eight two. Excellent. Which Excellent. is apparently going to be headlined by Prohashka versus Teixeira 2. Co-main event. Co-main event. Potentially one of the most boring fights in history. 
Ankalaev versus Blachowicz. It will be the co-main event. That will, that's going to cool people. You're going to get least, Buck- well. You're going to get Curtis Buckley. <laughs> you're going to cool off with Blachowicz, Ankalaev, and you're going to come back up for Prohaska. At least it's got that light heavyweight Grand Prix feel. You know? Yes, it really we does. Like actually, yes, we love a bit of that. But Buckley, Curtis, this is the best middleweight option for Buckley, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not going to be a guy who's going to be outreaching him. Yeah. It's not, not going to be... And also, you know, Curtis isn't going to take him down. They're going to swang and bang. And I really favour Buckley in those exchanges against Chris Curtis, don't you? I don't want to be too quick to run over Curtis. You know? No, no, no. Very same. bad show in last time out. Kind of got found out a little bit. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think he's going to have the same issues with Buckley. I think it favours both men you know they're both going to fight the fights they want to fight um, really exciting matchup bring oh, that on man. give me that fight um, we've also got books this was originally going to be Bryce Mitchell versus Mossar Evloev but Evloev mm. has had to pull out so oh. in his stead it's going to be Ilya Taporia stepping in against Bryce Mitchell now Mitchell's going to be facing a guy who can wrestle and can bang hard that is going to be the test for Mitchell now, isn't it? It's tough. I mean, Evloeb would have been a hell of a test as well. Um, yes. Yeah, that's where that's where Bryce is at right now. You know, these are the guys he has to fight. There is an easier path in featherweight. I I, I lean towards Tapuria instinctively. Yes, same. Um, now the, you could you could pad it out for him, give him <coughs> an easier fight. Uh, there is an easier path at featherweight, but you know, given that you've you've already accepted the challenge of Evloev. Mm doesn't make a big difference to me if it's going to be Taporia because that's mm. the level that those guys are on they're going to be in that top pack for me you know, next year you know yeah absolutely it, it, they just haven't got there yet and Bryce is the man they're going to go through to get there that was my for instinct sure. for sure for sure uh, at lightweight Arman Sarukian will be facing Demir Ismagulov the irritation on Tom's face right now is very real why 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 why? Like, why is this happening? I, mean, I hate it. Purists, guys, they want to see the best fighters fight each other. Let's take that interpretation. I mean, I did listen to, of course, the the preview where you first mentioned this this matchup, mm. uh, and you you highlighted why it shouldn't happen now because it's going to happen later. They're so mm. good, and they just want to disqualify and undermine one of these guys. Mm. Joe, let's just take the fight as what it is. Let's put that indignation to one side. What a fight! <laughs> This is incredible. What a fight. My this... God, that's so exciting. Gut reaction right now. Who are you leaning to? Oh, oh he's stumped. God. They're, they're so good, Joe. They're they are so, so good. <laughs> they're so good. They do you think, by so the way, good. do you think like Poirier is and Is Magulov. <gasps> yeah, I'm, I'm No, sorry. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my word. I've, I'm leaning ever so slightly to Sarukian. Ever so slightly to sorry. It's hard not to, Joe. They're so good, these guys. Let's talk about a fighter, by the way. This guy can't get a fight. This is what we're here to talk about. Garam Kutataladze says, I cannot get a fight offered to me. I'm out here all the time asking for these fights and no one's willing to fight me. Now, here's my suggestion for Kutataladze. He wants guys, he's looking into the rankings. I want a Jalen Turner. I want this, I want that. I actually think Kutataladze should look the other way and should face some guys who are behind him in the rankings who are going to win. He's got a one-and-one record in the UFC. He should be fighting guys who he's going to beat. Crush those cans, bro. Crush them, Get that highlight reel. 
You know, yes. use your mic time. Yeah, there's time. There's time. You know, let these other killers uh, face off. Yeah. And, and you'll get your moment. Yeah, no, no room for him complaining. Just because that is his record in the UFC. I have more sympathy for Ismagulov, Joe. Oh, for sure. It's just, it's just crazy. I don't know. I think he's on a six-fight streak now, all in the UFC un- unbeaten. Uh, I believe I, so. I'll bring up his uh, his run in a second. I've, I mean, uh, it's it's yeah, it's five fights now. One of them being Kutatulazze. Uh, all all wins. The the biggest question was the Kutatulazze fight because it was such a high level matchup. And then yeah. you're going to stick him against Saruki, and that is fucking nuts. But absolutely. Know, uh, now let's. I'm going to switch promotion just qu- very quickly uh, to the PFL. I don't know if you saw this fight get booked. At featherweight, our boy Shane Burgos gets his PFL debut. Did you see who it was against? It's against Marlon Marais at featherweight. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, Marais well, is... well, what, what, at featherweight. Featherweight. Oh my god. Why is Marais fighting, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not happy. I don't know, man. Like this is Wait, Are you going to watch that? No. Of course. Are you actually? Of course I'm going to watch it. It's, it's Burgos. Oh, come on, we we need to support Shane Burgos. We we love a bit of Burgos on this podcast. Ah, oh, but Marais, he's in such a bad way. I know, and he said he you retired. Me, he said he retired. And... He, I, I, I was sleeping well at night thinking he had retired, and then instead he's going to fight Burgos at featherweight in PFL. No, that's, right. that's sad. Uh, two bits of news that we just want to get to, just very quickly. Francis Ngannou. What? Oh, sorry, yes. go on. Well, I want to talk about Francis, Joe. Let's talk about Francis. What's going right. on? Yeah, what is going on? Now, he's come out and he said uh, he hasn't received any offer. We know the clock is ticking and he's out of contract at the end of this year. At that point, he can go his own way, I believe. His contract is cancelled. He can go to boxing. He can go to the PFL. He can go to Ryzen. He can do whatever he wants to do. He can go to wrestling. Uh, Francis and, and- Ryzen would be hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and we, well, he fight Bob Sapp. Uh, now, we, <laughs> uh, now, we lose the biggest star at heavyweight in the prime of his career uh, with a story unlike anything I've seen in the UFC. Yeah, that's what, we, that's what we're going to get because the UFC are annoyed with Francis. Joey, like, that's not going to happen. That is tragic. I think like, it is going to happen. I think it's going to happen. They're just because they don't want to let him box. And I honestly think he'll go into boxing and that's just where he's going to stay. He'll just stay in boxing. And I just, I don't want this. I do no, not want Joe, this. That's, tra- that's tragic. If we cannot get Francis Ngannou back defending his belt against John Jones, against Stipe, against Gun. whoever, against, well, that can wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then. No, it's just tragic, you know. I'm yeah. a massive fan. I think the guy is an absolute superstar. Stands up for all the right things, and uh, this would be this would be the man winning, you know. Yeah. This would be the machine, you know, the machine, the corporate machine breaking the little man. And Joe, uh, you know, we have to protest. This ca- this cannot happen. This is no. what we criticize about other sports. It's not actually going to be like that. Particularly boxing as well. Yeah, I, I actually feel feel like it is going to be. I'm I, I try to be positive with these things, but originally you said they're getting back. Yeah, I, this has turned me. Like it's, it really has. Like I just, you know, Francis is a guy who he made the correct decision in his career of 
getting a manager who was not a UFC manager, you know, in the pocket for the UFC. And he's like, I want it, I want this, these are my exact terms, and I'm willing to wait. And the fact is, he's willing to bet on himself of, like, I'm willing to wait. You know, what fights are out there for him in, in boxing? I don't think anything of much worth in our end of things. I don't want to see him fight Tyson Fury. There's, what interest is there in that, really? But, you know, whatever makes him the money... And makes him happy. I'm happy to go with that. But in terms of my entertainment, oh. I want to see him in the UFC. I want to see him against John Joe, Jones. The sport loses so much. Can you imagine, by the way, the feeling of John Jones, Francis Ngannou, they've come to the centre, the ref gives them their instructions, and they step back. And then the fight is about to start. Like, that would in, be... In like, Cameroon. In Cameroon. You know, with... Like, what's the equivalent to that in the past? Is like, what, Carwin versus Lesnar? Like, I think it's literally, even bigger if, than that. I think it's bigger oh, than that, Joe. Carwin, Carwin Lesnar. That was that was a major feeling. That was a major I, moment. I mean, that was just two absolute like monster, monster <laughs> men swinging <laughs> ham. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. but in terms of like the cultural significance, I just think Francis can be an icon. You know, I think he is. He's just. But the UFC don't want that though. They want the UFC to be the icon. They want that to is, be the major Joe, thing. This is awful you know we've already commented on the quality of these last two cards we've had um you know in the yeah. apex it's just trash they're filling it with guys of the contender series paying them ten thousand twenty thousand dollars if they win mm. uh people with no name recognition are barely tuning in to watch and the ufc are sitting and thinking well we've got the ESPN deal you know we don't need stars no yeah. no francis you, ne- has you to, need stars has to stay. Yeah. you need stars otherwise it's not worth what are we building towards? Oh, what, you get to go off to the PFL and make more money there, or you get to go off to Bellator, or you get to go off and box. Like, that's what we're waiting for? It's just, just sad, isn't it? Um, right. Should we talk, right. I'll very, very quickly talk about this. Paddy Pimlet has announced that he's in a he's in camp. He's going to have a fight on UFC 282 in Vegas in December. No one's been announced yet, but there's been some rumours. Uh, there's been some hints. What do you feel like would be the fight for him? Because for me, there's a very clear one that I think would be a very good test for him. And oh, I'm I'm anxious to hear it. I mean, he's got a fight fight in the rankings now, right? It's, it's time. Near near enough the rankings. Okay. The one for me is Drew Dober. I think that it would be the best fight for him. It's a guy who's willing to trade on the feet and I love it. and has a slight flaw on the ground yeah. that Pimlet could take advantage of. But you know, it's going to be a test to get him there. It sounds like a rock'em, sock'em, wild fight, doesn't it? It does. The kind of fight that Paddy's enjoyed and the kind of fight that Dober, he only knows how to fight that way. So, yes. um, yeah, that, 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 that sounds great. And he also has a profile. He has some recognition. It, it, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I will say no more. Other than that we have, like, you know, we basically had the man who's, who's fallen <coughs> outside the UFC's favoured graces. You know, the, the light has been turned away from him in Nagano. And mm. Paddy, they love him. And they love him because he gets paid by uh, Barstool Sports and the whole, you know, that whole setup there. That, again, is a parody of the sport. Yeah. Should, you shouldn't, Paddy shouldn't have to go and appeal to, to these, you know, like, bet, like betting promotions or whatever yeah. it's going to be. That's really, really sad. And that's the only reason this is all working out, that he can accept the bullshit from the UFC. I know. Because he's getting paid way more elsewhere. But he's got to sell himself for that. Yeah. Um, no, really. 
really, really nonsense. I mean, I know he's just signed a new contract and he said he's happy with what he's getting paid, but it's like it's probably still not enough and to what he's actually worth. Um, yeah, right. I've got one question for you, Tom. Um, a couple months left of the year. There's three big pay per views left, and there's two fights that are the ones that the fans are like clamoring for massively. And I'm just going to say straight up right now, which is the one for you? Oliveira Makachev or Adesanya versus Pereja? What is the one that you're just... That that phoner, that fight boner is just rock hard at the thought of it. It's <laughs> you, 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 just like you're absolutely clamoring for it. Which out of those two that everyone is clamoring for, which out of those two is just that little bit ahead for you? Joe, there's one that is just so tantalising because there's so much uncertainty about it. And that uncertainty comes not in uh, two men who are excelling in one discipline, right? And I want to see who exceeds in that discipline. It's two men who come from slightly different disciplines that interact so beautifully with each other. The Sambo game versus the Jiu-Jitsu specialist. It is Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira next weekend. I cannot wait. I, can't I wait. cannot wait because I do not know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I I've, build, I've no course, idea. A case either side. I have no idea what this fight is going to look like. Like we're going to make predictions next week, where we're both going to have these sort of hypothetical ideas. Well, this might happen, or that might happen, or how is this going to interact? How is that going to? What part of this part of the game is? How is that going to work against them? We have no idea. Tantalizing. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot now, wait. Next week, UFC 280, we'll be back to preview that. It, it doesn't stop there, Joe, just to throw out a few more fights on there. <laughs> Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw in the co-main. Petr Yan, he's going to face off against Sholem Mali. Oh, is that enough for you, Joe? Because we've got Mateusz Gamrot fighting Benil Dariush. Oh, my God. I can't Your wait. girl, Manon Fioro. And then don't even get me started on the prelims. That blows a fight night card out of the water. The prelims are incredible. Prelims are incredible. Have you got so, have you got a prelim fight that you, there that you're just going to throw out for us? Well, I, because of their positions in the division, I guess the headline prelim: Brady versus Mohammed, yes. uh, Bilal Mohammed. But you've also got Volkan Uzdemir, Nikita Krulov. You know, oh. you've got. Uh, you, you remember Kyo Baralho? Of course, yeah. The 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 the, uh, the bully bully beatdown guy. What's that? Uh, bully beatdown guy. He's yeah. fighting the former gay porn star, Mahmoud Muradov. Yes! It's, it's, it's all going on, Joe. What more do you want? Something for wait. everybody. What a sport. What a sport. I cannot wait. We will be back next week, listeners, to preview that. Thank you so much for joining us. And Tom, thank you so much for joining me. It's good to be um, back. Yeah, great to have you back. All right, listeners, we'll be back next week. UFC 280 preview. Oliveira versus Makachev for the lightweight title. We cannot wait. See you next week. <laughs>